today on The Breakdown. We've got quite the tasty little dish for you. A hand that is played, there's only five left in a Prague main event. A million euros for first place. There's only five players left. Real money is on the line here. And we have the all-time money winner from Hungary playing, and he is like a Terminator. This guy is a bot designed to destroy others, like in a poker way. I'm not talking about his personal proclivities one way or the other. And he makes makes a play that is really spectacular. And at least at first look, I'm kind of in love with. I'm ready to like, you know, put a ring on that play and bring it home forever. And we're going to see how Grant feels about it. And if you guys agree as well, but man, oh man, this is some sophisticated high-end shit. Let's get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. It's about time, isn't it? Yeah, it's been a... Everybody's been wondering about you. <laughs> Wonder, what have they been wondering, Greg? Like if you're going to be okay. Yeah, that's. <laughs> well, I finally found a poker play that you know I can cuddle up in bed with, and you know keep put my cold feet on, you know, in bed, and be like, ah, it's so cool. Why are you? <laughs> but doing it's still that? fun because it's so lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. Yeah. No, I mean you might have to compete with me for for the affections of this poker play. Oh my goodness, are you? Uh, you're a suitor as well. I might be. Well. The thing is this, sometimes we're suitors for particular plays and then we get into it and we're like not so, not so into them anymore. But yeah. I'm not sure that's the way this one's going to be. And I say that partially because we've already made a podcast about this hand and we had uh, some audio issues. We made, it, we made it around a month ago, though, when we recorded it. Maybe two months. We loved the play then and we just rewatched the hand and I love it more now. I'm more in love with the play, Grant. So Okay. So I don't think your heart is big enough. You well, know what so I'm we saying? have we have no excuse if we do a poor job at the analysis because yeah. this is the second time we've done it. And I know to a lot of you, you might be like, "Well, it's podcasting. Don't you guys do a lot of takes and stuff?" Nope, no, <laughs> never. I don't know if we've ever done a take two on anything. Well, <laughs> so every so often I'll do either an opening that I can't get through, and you actually stop it, which happens about once a year, admittedly, yeah. like almost never. And every so often I'll say something where you'll. Stop the recording and be like, right. that'll offend too many people. But that's not redoing an entire podcast. <laughs> no, no. We've, the only time we've ever redone a podcast is basically in this scenario. And it's interesting. We're going to be looking at it through fresh eyes. We, yeah. we intentionally waited a while to redo it because it would have felt boring. And we wouldn't have had that spark if we really remembered everything that we said and all of the points that we made when we first did the podcast two months ago. I will say this. Uh, if I, once you reminded me what the hand was and I started thinking about it again, before I saw it, I thought it was like pretty cool at best. And then watching it, I was like, this is an incredible play. This play is really spectacular. Yeah. And uh, like, I think I already understand more about it than I did last time when we talked about it. I already have a, a deeper sense of it. Uh, I'm ex- really excited to talk about it because it is the shit, you know? It is the shit. It's the shit. So let's step in it. Who, uh, okay. Who recommended it? It's a new guy, Gavin oh. Ellefson. Ellefson? E-L-E-F-S-O-N. How would you say it? I would say Ellefson. Okay. Gavin Ellefson. I love it. So that's a, I mean, you've only gone to bat one time, but you set the record for longest home run ever in that at bat, Gavin Ellefson. Whoa. Wow. I mean, maybe not quite I that. I mean, come but on. Is, this is one of the cooler plays that we've seen. How, nobody else suggested it. How about he, um, he like hit a grand slam in his first, his, so other people could have done it too, yeah, but fine, it almost fine. has never happened. 
Fine. We don't have to have a record. You're like... Maybe there was some tar on the bat. Longest home run ever. How dare you? I'm upset for all the other suggestions. He was in Colorado. It doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a very much an American baseball reference. Yeah. Because they play, in Colorado, they play at a higher altitude, so the balls travel farther and faster. They hit more home runs. If yep. you didn't know that, now you do. Now you do. Yeah. Congratulations to all of you Europeans who are like, what the hell? Well, guess what? We're talking about Prague. So chill, Europeans. Yeah, it's Prague. My sense about Europeans in general is they, they talk about Prague all the time. They just like... <laughs> Prague, Prague is like fully emblematic of Europe in general. It's just like, that's, that's just Europe in a nutshell. Yeah. Prague. Prague. Yeah. Um, I've never been. I have. It's, it's beautiful. I feel like Copenhagen is Europe in a nutshell. Yeah, it's, it's too Scandinavian oriented. Mm, I love that. Because that, that puts a tint on it. You know, Prague is like right in the middle of everything. Yeah, but that Scandinavian goodness, that's what makes Europe, Europe. That was, that's what makes Scandinavia, Scandinavia. Yeah. <laughs> the best part. I mean. Sorry, France. Although, you do have good crepes. Yeah, but nothing else. <laughs> well, anyway, let's not get into that. We're no. not doing a Europe travel show. I wanted to trash Macron for four hours straight, but I'll save that for another time. Save it for the other podcast. Yeah, the Macron hour. <laughs> <laughs> With... Emmanuel Macron. Poker guys, guys, yeah. It's actually us talking with Emmanuel Macron, and he just sits there while we insult him. (laughs) And honestly, he takes it quite well because of, you know, he's a head of state. He has to kind of present a certain sheen, you know. A veneer. Yeah, but you can see him breaking slowly. And eventually he will cry. He will cry. You can see it in the eyes. (laughs) We didn't tell him when we started the podcast, but the goal of the podcast is to make a head of state cry (laughs) once a year. We started with a pretty good one with France. You know, we could have started with like a smaller country with a less powerful head of state, but we're like, you know what? Let's start at least at France. Yeah. France feels like a good, like opening gambit for yeah. us, you know? It's like, if we can't even do France, why are we doing the show? And if, yeah. And if, but, like, if we do France, that means we sort of... I mean, like, we can't go after Merkel if we can't get Macron. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, like what, who are we? Yeah. What's the point? But you, you know, of course, what the... What we're setting our sights on. It must be obvious to the listeners. Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> Trudeau, actually, not, not a bad one. I feel like, personally, for me, he's the number two spot. Like... When we're almost there, it's like, sorry, Mario, the princess is in yet another castle. So you want to you make Putin cry? That's right. It's impossible. Uh, that, well, it can't be done. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> it can't be done. You got to try and knock out Mike Tyson. It's, otherwise, you're never going to be the heavyweight champ. Putin is, is probably the least likely head of state to cry. I would go with that. Or the most likely if you can get in there, though. You know? Yeah, if you get in there, well, I think it's like the least likely to cry, but once the crying starts, it is not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put my arm around the guy and be like, it's not your fault. It, it's not your fault. But it is a lot of it is his fault. It's though. not your fault. You just keep saying that. I've seen. I've seen that. That in works. movies that works. Yeah, it's worked in multiple movies. <laughs> Was uh, Matt Damon assassinating journalists of the citizens of his country that? Printed stuff they didn't like. Whoa, we just got political. Uh, Was he, though? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie for a while. Well, and maybe in one of the Born Identity movies he is, for all I know. I don't know who all the targets are, but besides that, no. Not certainly not in Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> <laughs> He's assassinating mathematical problems. Uh, yeah, with elite precision. Indeed, you know. Despite his, He's a janitor, despite though. Despite his Boston accent. Did they ever really explain why he's like? I know he's poor and all that, but why is he a janitor instead of like in the math department already at the beginning of the movie? Do they explain that? Because it's because he's to, got right? emotional problems or something. Oh, you know? he gets into fights and stuff. Yeah, he's like, like, he's like got a, he's got up. like a criminal record from his Ben Affleck going around Boston and beating people up days. Even so, it's a little weird if he's this mathematical genius that like 
Yeah. He works there. He's good enough to work there, but not good enough to go there. It doesn't really make sense to me. If it, even if it's MIT when he's... Right. If they basically it, make him out to be the smartest math mind in the world. Right. right and if his, if his record is, in fact, a violent record, they wouldn't want that janitor at a right. school. So yeah. if he's okay to janitize, then yeah. he should be okay to... If he's, be- if he's smarter than all the professors at MIT, he might as well go there. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Goodwill hunting debunked. <laughs> Bring it on, Putin. We can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I wonder if this, uh, this podcast is going to get some trouble with uh, the boys in Russia. You know, there's enough stuff going around about Russia in, in the media these days. I think mm-hmm. we're probably pretty low on the list. That's true. But I worry about the aggregators, you know, picking up some of the things we said. Like, they're going to make Putin cry. And then, like, it gets back to Putin. And now, now you're in trouble. I worry for you. Obviously, I'm safe. Yeah. I'm Jonathan Levy, and I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm the one who... No. I'm the Jonathan problem. Levy is, is back. Is, um, ultimately, my Jonathan ancestry. Levy is the one who hates Putin? No, no, Jonathan Levy was true. the one who was saying that Putin will cry because Jonathan yes. Levy will make him cry. And I he, did say he that. asks Putin to bring everything but, at him before that because he doesn't want to be put in a position to make Putin cry because it will make him feel bad. But here's what I'm going to say. What? My ancestors are from Russia. My great-grandparents are, literally are Russian. Oh, really? So good luck with that, Citizenship Grant. helps you in Russia. Um, I think if it's between Russians and non-Russians, you're going to die, son, <laughs> compared to me. And I'm going to watch and smile. I think it's a lot easier. They're going to torture you to death. <laughs> I think it's a lot easier to cover up the clandestine murder of your own citizens. Is it okay to say any of these things? Are we gonna, is this okay? Why not? I'm not sure. I'm afraid. I'm, now I'm afraid we're going to The get New York Times publishes whacked. articles like yeah, this. Okay. You know, like, it's fine. All right. Also, we don't have that many listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Putin listens, though. Yeah. He's like, yeah, well, I, I, I would like to study game theory optimal poker. <laughs> He's like, the, some, of the, some of the other stuff is a little too sophisticated for me. I've heard the poker guys is a great place to start. Yeah. Um, and but maybe he's listening to this and it's like, you know what? They, have, they make good points. Yeah, maybe I should step down. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they could make me cry. Yeah. Anyway, let's try and rein it back in and get into the poker hand that we're just fine. going crazy about but refuse to talk about. Fine, but I, I want to talk more about that. But that's fine. All right. Five remain. In EPT Prague 2019, yeah, pre-pandemic, so uh, naive. All of these players are like, "Ah, pandemic's never going to happen." I said that. I'm I'm Thomas Paiva, one of the participants of the hand, and I think there will never be a pandemic. I want to I want to tell you a secret, but not into your ear, into your face, <laughs> into the front of your face. Okay, not you. I'm being Thomas Paiva. Oh, saying oh it's one you're of saying because it's okay to like speak. You think it is closely, but you're probably giving pandemic to people. You're giving pandemic all the time <laughs> because you're naive. <laughs> Because you don't know. Yeah. You're, you're but a babe in the woods of, a, of the deer forest. Yep. <laughs> We're going to just go with that. All right. Yeah. So the current payout is 241,000 euro. Okay. First place is over 1 million euro, just over 1 million. So we're talking about significant money here. Tomas Paiva does not have a lot of success at this point. This is his biggest score yeah. already at fifth place. If mm-hmm. he gets fifth place, it'll be his biggest score by a significant margin. Yeah. Um, he's going to be the opener of this hand. He's going to limp the button. By the way, the shortest stack is 31 blinds, so nobody's short. There's no ICM implications of like trying to hope th- uh, for holdout you know, if, if somebody else might bust type of yeah. thing. So Pivot's got 6 million, so he's got 60 bigs. And he limps the button with king of clubs, eight of spades. Both of the blinds have more chips than him. This feels like the wrong stack to do this with if we're going to do it. Yeah. This- like, just... I'd much rather 4X it than limp with King 8 against two players who are both probably a lot better than us. Yeah, I don't think we need to 4X it, but of course, if I had to pick between those two, I agree. Um, I'd rather fold than limp as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know... You can't fold King 8 on the button, though. Um, I wouldn't. I would, I would raise. But I'm saying if I had to pick between limping and folding, 
I would probably just fold it. I think I disagree with that. Really? Yeah, I think I'd rather play the hand on the button. It's not that good a hand. I mean, it's better than average hands. Yeah, but we're going to be three ways. And yeah, we'll these guys po- are good. And we'll have a- position. It's better to call than to fold. I don't know if I agree, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but like it's king eight off. I mean, it's got no. It's, it doesn't have a lot going for it. It's just yeah. is king high. That's all it is. Like it's it's a it's a slightly better than average. You king can flop high. a good eight. <laughs> yeah, we can. <laughs> you know that's better than a bad eight. Anyway, I think we both agree. This is a pretty clear raise. Yes. He could make it 2.2x, and I'd feel great about this. But instead, he limps, and it feels like either he's doing some cool futuristic stuff, the solver saying some stuff that we're not aware of, or he's an amateur and doesn't really know what he's doing, and it feels like it's probably C based on his results. Yes. Yes. And you know, if he raised, he might have just ended the hand here, because yeah. the small blind is Norbert Secchi, the all-time winner in Hungary, $3.8 million dollars. In live tournament earnings, uh, I assume he has a lot of online earnings as well because when I typed in his Hendon, Norbert Secchi Poker Stars came up as one of the results mm. too. So he probably does well on Poker Stars. Yeah. Um, he's got Jack Seven of Diamonds. He's going to call in the small blind. He's got eight point seven five million for you know eighty seven blinds. He probably would have just folded. Maybe sometimes he would three bet, but yeah. mostly just fold Jack Seven of Diamonds in the small blind. Then the third player is Gabby Livshitz with ten million in the big blind. He's got ten deuce off. He would have probably just folded. Yeah, he would have folded. But instead, we're three ways, and Gabby Lipschitz has a million in earnings. He's 12th in Israel's all-time money list, so... Cool. These are not two players you want to play against voluntarily. You might as well right. raise with King-8. Yeah, this is another reason why I probably just fold the King-8 rather than want to limp when I'm the amateur, and they're actually really good, yeah. and I have king frickin' 8 Like, I'm not putting any pressure on That's them. That's fair. But, any, but anyway. That's fair. Anyway, as it is, we're heading to the flop. Okay. The pot is 400000 Yeah. Because of Vantes. So, only four blinds. Small, at least. We got ourselves quite a flop for uh, Thomas Piva. He's going to be happy that he kept these guys around. Mm. It's eight of hearts, eight of diamonds, seven of hearts. So he is king eight. Yeah. He's got the second best trips Thank available. God, he limped. Piva has uh, jack seven, so he does have a pretty good seven with a backdoor diamond draw and a backdoor straight draw. So it seems good, but it's not super great. <laughs> for right. Sechi. Right. Yeah. So what I'm saying is Piva might actually be able to get some value. Right. Yeah. Does you think at least a little bit. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Yeah. So it's Sechi checks. He could bet because there's no aggressor and it's a vulnerable hand. I would usually bet this personally. Yeah, but I think either decision is fine. Yep. Like check and, you know, if a bet happens and then a really bad turn card happens, you can just be like, all right, whatever. I lost two blinds or whatever Mm -hmm. it was. Who cares? Yeah, Uh, that's true. So I think either way is fine. Uh, Livshitz checks too. And guess who else checks? There's only one other person. Well, I'm going with Piva then. Yeah, Piva checks king eight on the 8872 heartboard. I don't like it. All right. Defend the play. Oh, okay. Jonathan Levy. Um, defend the play. Well, we might assume that our opponents are often going to bet anything at all that they have that's reasonable because the board is pretty wet. Um, so, like, 7782 hearts is a really wet board. So you would think, like, Jack 7 really might bet here because of that, right? Rather than just check. Obviously, checking's fine, though. I don't disagree with that. Um, is we that, have king eight, so that way... Why is that good that jack seven might be in there if we're checking? How is that defending checking? 
No, no, no. I'm saying we wouldn't expect Jack Seven to be in there mostly because you'd assume that, that like hands that have any equity are, are going to bet a lot. Ah, I see. Is what I'm guessing. So, but then I but then I said, but Jack Seven actually did check, and we even yeah. thought that was okay. So I'm sort of like undercutting my own point here. Try. It's hard to defend this play. If we had a worse eight, I could say like, well, we don't want to lose a huge pot against a random eight, which is, which would be out there. But we have a great eight, and in yeah. fact, Ace Eight would often have raised preflop from these other spots at least some of the time. Some of the time, certainly sure. small blind would consider it. Maybe the big blind is going to check a little bit more there, but. Um, but at least some of the time, we would assume we have the best eight almost always with King Eight here, right? I mean, like yeah. 99% of the time. Some like we'd be happy right now, I think, to get it in against somebody, right? Yeah. Uh, on this flop. We should. Right. Um, so that's not so there's so having King Eight is not a good reason to check. If we had a bad eight, that's a better reason to but check. But we have King Eight. If we had eight do suited, we're at supposed least, to defend the play, not pretend it's a different right, play. Right, right, right. Defend the play. Um, these guys are good and aggressive. Nope, that doesn't help. It's really hard. Because the, all I have is if we thought somehow they're going to bet any, any seven or any kind of equity because that's what they're going to do rather than check, we think they don't have anything. We want to give them a chance to catch up a little yeah, bit. That's, that's the all best, I got. That's the best defense is like if they had a hard draw or a straight draw, anything that I'd have to actually be worried about, they would have bet. So I don't actually have to be worried about their hands. I mean, it's and, not always true, right? They might be check-raising those hands, yeah. or they might be check-calling those I mean, hands if we're going to bet one and a half it's lines. A, it's a pretty robust assumption, yeah. and, and it's often going to be untrue. So, yeah, that's not a really good defense, but it's the best that I can come up with. I can't really think of anything else at all. Yeah. Don't like it. I think it's just a classic kind of semi-amateur, slow play, like I don't want to lose my customer type thing. Yeah, I agree. But it's the wrong time for it. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you bet and they both fold, but that's just how the game goes sometimes, right? That's just life. Yeah. It's, it's, the board is just so wet. Like, there's a lot of cards that are going to come that are not going to be awesome cards for us to get value or even feel good about the hand. Like, gut shots will come in. Hearts will start to come in, right? Yeah. A third heart. I would assume that our opponents don't have that many uh, flushes if a heart comes in, but they'll, they'll have some. Yeah, they'll, I mean, it's not like zero. And, of course, then they'll have equity if they have any hearts in their hand mm-hmm. now. Like, there's all these things that just aren't great, I guess, unless it's the king of hearts. But besides that, it just feels like... This is such a straightforward bet here. Also, if we, we want to bet this because we're probably going to bet this board a lot if we limped with other hands, right? If we had king four suited here. If they both check, yeah, we might We're probably going to bet sometimes. We bet one, or one and a half blinds or one blind or something like that and just take it down a lot, right? All right. So, it's anyway. most, mostly indefensible. It feels like this is a pretty straightforward bet. Unless there's some metagame thing going on that he's really trying to keep going from earlier. I mean, but who knows? Uh, honestly, coming back to the thing, too, of this is the kind of board where sometimes when our opponents have something, they're actually going to raise some of their draws and stuff like that. And we have a hand that is actually happy to put in huge action. Yeah. Like, like we said, I'm totally willing to get it all in on this flop. You know? Yeah. It's not great if I put in the big final raise and I get snap called. I'm dead. No, that's really bad. Then they have 7-8. <laughs> uh, or ace-8, right? Yeah. Um, but... If they put in the last bet, if they go all in, I, you know, I bet they raise, I re-raise, they go all in, I can call comfortably there because now they can have all the draws still, I think. That's, um, that's pretty high variance, but... Of course. Yeah. But, like, but I'm, this is a hand that's good enough. But to you could also with. just call if they raise. Of course you could. But the point yeah. is, like, we're not afraid of action on this flop. No. At all. That's another reason to bet. It's not good. Anyway. So we don't like the check. Don't like it. We do like nitrogen sports. Like them. Yeah. There's, it's a positive in our book which we have written, but that's not what this is about. Right. It's about nitrogen sports. Poker. (laughs) There's a link in the show notes. That's what other podcasts call it. Yeah, they say that now. Everybody calls it the show notes. What the hell, man? It's a description. Show notes. Get the fuck out of here, everybody else. Go to hell (laughs) with your show notes. (laughs) Anyway, go to the show notes. There's a link 
that link takes you to Nitrogen Sports. And uh, once you're there through that link, excuse me, I have a little frog in my throat. Once you're there through that link, you can sign up and guess what? You get special value. Special treatment. Yeah, that's what you want. Everyone wants special treatment. Yeah, you can pretend that you're like, oh, I'm like Gandhi. I don't need special treatment. Shut up. Yes, you do. You want special treatment. You can park anywhere and not have to worry about getting tickets. I mean, you get the tickets, you just tear them up now. Yeah, you're a diplomat. You have diplomatic immunity. You basically kill a guy. (laughs) Once you use the link. (laughs) Other things it it grants you access to besides free murder is, you know, the Poker Guys monthly tournament. Yeah, that is the one other thing you get for sure. Yeah, you get that every month. You also get other value like March Madness brackets for free that actually pay out money. They do stuff like that all the time. Fantasy football. Uh, added money into fantasy football leagues that they sponsor. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, the, the tournament is our monthly tournament. They guarantee 50 millibits. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, they only allow, what is it, like 150 millibits worth of players? Right. So, or sorry, sorry, 15 millibits worth of players, not because it's 50. Uh, so that means there are, there's always at least a 35 millibit overlay. Right. right. We're talking about Bitcoin when we say millibits, of course. So there's a lot of money that's guaranteed in there. That's over $1,000, even at these low, low Bitcoin prices of today as we're recording. Uh, still, it's over $1,000. They're just putting in the prize pool. Yeah, it's really worth your time. It's amazing. Get on nitrogen. Get you some poker. Get you some poker. All right. Now, let's, uh, not try, let's try not to get too upset about what happens on the turn, Jonathan, because okay. we've done this hand before, and it's an upsetting thing. We didn't love what Paiva did on the flop, no. but you know, it's not like the end of the world. Right. The turn might be the end of the world. Let's find out. It's not the end of the world. It, it might be the end of the world. I'm not sure it's the end of the world. It's not good. All right. Seven of hearts, eight of hearts, eight of diamonds is the flop. The turn is the jack of hearts. I mean, it's a pretty wet card. Yeah. <laughs> Sechi now has top pair and, and like his, his hand doesn't pair. really change against Paiva's that much. He gets a, lo- a, a little bit of equity where he can actually win now, which is nice. I mean, he gets two outs now. That's yeah. pretty good. Um, but more notably, it brings in 9-10, and it brings in hearts at yep. the same time. It's one of the worst cards in the deck for Paiva with king-8, no hearts. No question. So let's see what happens. Okay. Sechi's going to check again. We can talk about that, actually. I mean, like, he turned to jack now. He's likely to have the best hand in most cases. Yeah, it's interesting that he decides to check, actually, instead of bet here. Well, I think I can see a, a big reason why. I mean, like, the main reason to bet would be to deny equity from hearts at this point and uh, gut yeah. shots. But... You can't really expect to get called by worse hands too often. Any jack is going to be chopping with you or better than you, and you block the sevens for people to have a seven that can call you. Yeah, that's really true. Blocking the sevens. That's a great point. That's a great point. We don't have a good jack anyway, and it's chopping at best. Block the other thing we want him to have. But we can, we can at least charge the hearts, which has value. It has some value, but I, I think it, Sechi at least has decided that the value of not putting himself in the situation where he's not getting a lot of good results by betting yeah. outweighs charging the, the hearts. Yeah. I mean, it can't be that bad to check again, right? Now we have a, like a premium bluff catching him. Yeah. So it's okay at, yep. at worst. Livshitz has actually turned some equity with his 10. He now has a gut shot with his 10. He's going to bet. Yeah. Makes plenty of sense. He's the big blind. He could, have a, he could have trips right now. He could have a straight right now. He could have, yeah, he could have all the things. He could have a flush. Absolutely. So he bets 225 into a pot of 400. Also, there's no reason to think anyone's calling you. Yeah. Like, forgetting about what he could have, they just don't have very strong hands that often. Turns out they have actually pretty good hands. They both have hands they are not going to fold to one bet. But as lift switch, we, I mean, it's very reasonable. We just, we blink at this pot and everyone folds. Like, a lot of the time that's going right. to happen. Right. I mean, the biggest fear would be that somebody turned to jack, right? Right. Because yeah. you would think the straight draws and the flush draws and the trips would have already bet. Yeah. And even a seven may call us, but isn't loving it. Right. So, like, it's a pretty good spot to bet. So Lifshitz bets 225. Paiva's next to act on the button. 
I mean, this is a bad card, right? The Jack of Hearts. It's a bad card. 887 Jack, three hearts. Pivot's in there with a black King 8. He's going to raise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to raise. Okay. Do it. 875K is the raise. Defend the play. Okay. I can sort of do it a little bit. Okay. So the only way this play makes sense <laughs> is if we believe really strongly, and this actually does stay consistent with the flop play too, that our opponents weren't going to check raise and weren't going to check call hands with equity on the flop, that they were going to actually um, lead with them. Okay. Like, if you believe that strongly, that means now that Lipschitz has, Lipschitz, I should say, right? With a yeah. V, Lipschitz? With a V. Okay. Lipschitz has um, draws and maybe a jack, but no, made, no big made hands, no like straights and flushes. If we really believe that he's going to bet his 9, 10 and hearts on the flop himself. And if we believe that's true about both our opponents, well, now we have the best hand almost always, and now we get to charge um, Livshitz for his draw or a jack, which he may not fold. Um, cause it looks like we've got, you know, some ace of hearts type hands right now. Uh, and also we get to push, uh, who's the other player? Sechi. Thank you. Sechi out of the pot. If he, he can have some draws also, we can just make it so he can't just call with, you know, a reasonable straight draw and or flush draw or something like that. You have to be really sure yes. that you're right about the beginning of that. I know. Which is that your opponents would have bet with any equity on the flop. You have to be so sure. And you can't be. I mean, you don't have to be so sure, but you have to then have, like, what's going to, like, the thing that's interesting about it is this. Like, if we raise and get called, can we, if, and the board doesn't change on the river, can we even put in another bet? No. It's tough, right? Because now we have to, we could, we could put in a bet to get called by a worse eight, but all the other hands are either folding instantly or calling and beating us, right? And, and that's an incongruent thought process be, yes. because if I know. they had a worse eight, they would have then, in your mind, bet the flop. Well, well, the thing is this, but like it, that means they also have straights and flushes and yeah. they have worse eights also, right? right? So then, the, But we probably can't bet against that range if it's only trip eights and straights and flushes because all those hands are going to call us, I think, right. if we bet the river, right? I assume. Yeah. Um, and we're only going It's probably not that's enough. A, that's, a, that's a better point. I mean, like... Sure, we're trying to charge the lone hearts, I guess, is the main thing, and maybe some gut shots, but that's not enough to justify that. Like, we probably end up getting similar value if we call, go to the river, and find a card that we feel like we can bet, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Because a lot of those hands that... Like, a jack might just fold to this raise. I agree. Um, I mean, Sechi's definitely folding a jack to this raise, right? I think... Uh, yes, for yeah. sure. And then Livshitz is... Shits, Liv probably going to consider folding a jack. I mean, Lifshitz may sit there and think, like, wouldn't you have bet your flush draws and straight draws on the flop? Wouldn't you? Like, unless you have 7-7 seven, seven or 7-8 seven, or maybe jack-8, like, everything else, I mean, aren't I usually ahead? Like, you have, like, a lot of lone ace of hearts here, right, when you do this. Yeah. Um, or ace-10 with the ace of hearts or something, ace-9 with the ace of hearts. Um, but still, he may just fold. To, he's out of position and not want to deal with it, you know? Yep. Um, he hasn't put much money in. Right. This is now saying, we're, we're putting a lot of money in if we have a jack, because that means we're going to call a lot of rivers, too. Yeah, any, any card that doesn't change the board, you'd think you'd be obligated to call most of the time. Most of the time, right. And so, like, do you really want to... Why go down that path when you have stronger hands you can do that with, probably? Or, hey, you probably want to pick hands that have better blockers. It depends on what's with the jack, I guess. But hands with blockers, hands that have other kinds of equity yeah. as well. Um, like... I don't know, Jack 10. That's a Jack 10 with the 10 of hearts is like a, a supreme calling hand there, probably, right? Because you block all the stuff. Um, but otherwise, yeah, probably he just folds his, all his mediocre jacks because that's the best he can have. He can't have right. ace jack. Probably can't have king jack. Probably not. So maybe not even queen jack. I don't know. So the only value of this raise is equity denial from hearts, which is not that valuable. 
I mean, it's, it's interesting, too, because we can just call. And then on the river, assuming the board doesn't get horrific, we can just call again. We've got a really good hand. Yeah. The bluff catches beautifully in this spot. Right. And sometimes the board improves. Sometimes we hit a king or, an, I guess, probably not going to hit an eight, but a seven could come also. We won't love a jack, but a king or a seven can come, and now we actually have a potential raising hand. You know? Yep. But what it boils down to is we got one of the worst cards in the deck for our hand, and we decided yes. to raise three ways anyway. Right. I agree. Which is just not a good overall strategy. Super weird. And sometimes bad things can happen when we do this, yep. such as what's going to happen next. Yeah. Which we have to discuss big time. Great. Sechi is going to three bet his Jack 7 to 2.125 million. Oh, it's so cool. Oh. This, okay, don't do that. <laughs> do not do that. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Clearly, this is not for value. This guy knows what he's doing. This is not <laughs> yeah, for value. No. Discuss. Discuss this super elite bluff. Okay, a lot is going on here, and it's beautiful. So first of all, Sechi has got prime blockers, right? Yes, he blocks, he blocks all the full house. He blocks 7-8, he blocks jack-8. He, he blocks 7-7. Seven, seven, yeah. I mean, in theory, he blocks jack-jack. You figure it's not there very often, but whatever. He yeah. still blocks it. So that's all fabulous yeah. as a starting point, especially now... Where like a raise is one thing. Putting in a three bet, you're now repping a full house. Yes. You're not re- maybe you could be repping the nut flesh, but I think mostly you're just repping full houses. Yeah, you'd expect that most of the time Sechi has a full house for value, right. not not the nut flesh. So that's so strong that one thing that happens right away is let's say Live Shits had nine ten here. Oh, he's folding. He has to fold. Let's say he had, you know an eight. Oh my god, he has to fold an eight to a yeah. bad eight, and probably all eights. Yeah. Um let's say he has Hearts that aren't the nut flush, or maybe the second nut flush, I think he's got to fold. Like, if he has the queen four of hearts here, he's probably just folding. I mean, if he's got the ace four of hearts, like, what does Sechi have? How often does somebody actually pull off a bluff in this I know. spot, right? Like, I know. You it, may feel obligated to hold on. With five left in this thing, like... You might just fold Ace it. four of hearts are like, if I'm calling now, I'm just calling on all non-board pairing rivers. Like, yes, am I really putting myself in there? I'm like, I'm going to give up... A huge portion of my stack. And there's two guys who can have full houses, by the way. Not just the guy who three bet, but yeah. the guy who originally raised You it. have to fold enough flush. I mean, if you're folding that, it's hard to imagine Livshitz almost ever has a full house when we have these blockers. Right. He doesn't have 7-7. Seven, seven. He doesn't have Jack-Jack anyway. Right. So now he's got to have 7-8 or Jack-8. Exactly. We have the perfect cards to block that. This is amazing. So we're going to get rid of Livshitz almost always. Yeah. Unless, by the way, if Livshitz calls, we're done. Unless, yeah, of course. Unless Livshitz has one of the very few combos that still remain of full house. Right. Which, which is just, there's just not many. Very rare. It's Jack 8, really, yeah. right? I guess in 7 8. He yeah. can have 7 8 too. By the way, he's not going to love calling with 7 8. He's going to call, but he's right. not going to love it. Um, I assume he's going to call. Probably. I mean, it's one pip up from Ace Four Hearts, but now we're blocking full houses. But he blocks full the full houses. houses. Yeah, you have to call with Yeah, and, and you could talk yourself into, well, one guy's got an eight or has a straight or something like that. And then, and then um, Sechi's maybe has the ace of hearts and is like putting pressure on us, or yeah. maybe even has an eight himself and is putting pro- like, there's all these ways the good players end up with blockers showing up, you know, right. with big raises. So you just have to, I think you just have to hold on with what is feels like the second nuts, right? Effectively. But the, the upshot here is eight. that we're almost entirely getting rid, rid of Lifshitz range. Yes. So that is very powerful. Yes. Number one, number two, if we think about the hands that we're up against uh, in terms of, Pava. How many years have we been doing this? Can you just remember our name once? It's written down. I just didn't read it. Uh, and the answer is Paiva. Yeah. Yeah. If I ha- you have the words in front of you. I don't. What do you, you want We from both me? have the words in front of I us. I don't look at mine, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, effectively, I don't have them. Anyway. Uh, now, we would assume that almost always Paiva is going to bet his very strong hands on the flop. And, and also very strong draws. Like, like if he had 9-10, it's really hard to imagine him ever checking that. If yep. he had hearts, it's hard to imagine him ever checking that. If he had an eight, by the way, 
even though he has one. It's hard to imagine him ever checking that too. Yeah. Maybe if he flopped a full house exactly. Okay. Either seven eight or seven seven. Yeah. Yeah. Or quads. Jack eight. Jack eight suited. Well, uh, maybe he wouldn't, even, he wouldn't have flopped a full house if he had Jack eight. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Um, fine. He could have he could have a few hands like that. Yeah. Pocket eights. Is he really limping pocket eights? I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe. I doubt it, but maybe. But the point is, we can eliminate almost all. Like Livshitz is the guy who's got probably stronger hands here. Yeah, Livshitz could have been check raising the flop or check calling with a good hand. This guy, it's just hard to imagine. He's got a big made hand. He's a got big more. Draw that he's just got more in. ace of hearts in his range. He sure does. Which we might as well deny the equity to and not have to call a bet in an awkward position on the river. We might just fold out the ace of hearts because the board's paired. And this is such a yeah. we're repping full houses anyway. And even if not, we kind of know where we are in the hand. We think we don't. Right. Actually. But we think we're up against the ace of hearts most of the time if we get called. And if right. we were heads up, it might be okay to just call sometimes, but we get the added value of knocking live shoots out almost 100% of the time by raising. I think, if, I think we were very happy to check call originally. Yeah. And if it went check, check, and um, pive a bet, I assume Sechi's calling with the jack. Yeah. And he's way behind, and he's probably check calling the river, depending on the river. Right. But assuming safe rivers, he's probably calling and losing. But now this other dynamic has set itself up, and he's like, oh... I'm not sure where I am, but I can be pretty sure I can fold out live shits anyway. And I can, and my friend Piva here almost never has a strong hand, a very strong hand. So it doesn't matter where I am. I've got great blockers. I should be making sure I win this pot. By the way, I'm losing to good jacks. Yeah. Like why, why mess around? Like, let's make sure we knock, like, let's just win this pot. The pot's getting substantial. So I think it's really beautiful, this play. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to assume that Piva is sometimes raising good jacks, but he raised king eight. It's not that different. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. So yeah, it's, it's an outstanding play. I agree. Piva, what do you do? Cause Lipschitz folds obviously with this. Of course. Tent. Of course. You have trips, but like we could be drawing very near dead. Like we might need a King to be okay. A seven might not do it. I, th- yeah, it's true. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously if a seven comes, we're not folding. Yeah. If we, if we decide to call. A seven comes, we're not folding. A king comes, we're not folding. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah. Right? Obvious. A king especially. But, but no matter what, we're just going to hold on. Um, I think we have to make a decision right now, though, about what we want to do on certain rivers, right? Like, if we call and the deuce of hearts comes and he bets, we can fold. Yeah. If we call and a brick comes, we probably shouldn't be folding, right? Like, because either we think... Or we, we can fold right now if we right, don't Right, right. That's what I'm saying. We, that's what, like, if we think we're going to fold on, like, bricks then we shouldn't call this card yeah. because our, our opponent is either going to have us beat a lot or be incentivized to bluff. And if we're going to fold to all the bluffs and he's got us beat the, all the other times, that means we're kind of folding 100% of the time on bad rivers. We're losing, I should say, 100% of the time on bad rivers. That's not good. No. That's not good enough for us. On, on bad rivers meaning like something that isn't a king or a seven specifically. Every other card is, quote, a bad river in some way or another if we're going to fold on the river, right? And, and the nakedness of hearts is going to bluff that river probably right. a lot, Right. Like, so then we should either fold or decide we're calling on what rivers we're calling on and, and stick to that, basically. That, that feels like this is a big inflection point in this hand from Piva's point of view. It's okay to call because we do have a, a full house blocker and we're underrepped. Well, we're not underrepped anymore. We were underrepped, but now we raise the turn and we're, I don't know what we are anymore. Yeah. I guess we're underrepped because it's hard for us to have straights and flushes, but, but, are we really, but if we call, we're not underrepped anymore. Like the worst, the worst hand we ever have is the ace of hearts ourselves, right? We have yeah. like ace 10 with the ace of hearts, I guess, or something. Or something. Yeah. I mean, I think we can just get out of this hand. And, it, and yeah. that's okay. Me too. Like, 
this is such extreme strength being refed by Sechi. Now, we said mostly it's full houses. He might have the nut flush in his range. He might have the second nut flush in his range. We're obviously losing to those hands. That doesn't help us very yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, like, the board can pair in any way, and we can beat those hands at least, instead of against yeah. Jack-8, where we are, have fewer outs. Right, but but also that means then, like, a brick comes, and, and he bets, and we call, and we lose then. Yeah. So it's not great. So it's it's not better, necessarily, as an overall situation. No. Right? Either way. Um, we could decide that he's bluffing a lot. That he's like going to take this a stand here and make some bluffs, and if we think that and we decide to call, that's fine. But then we just have to call down on a lot of rivers. I don't think he's bluffing a lot. That's the thing. Like this I is agree. a three bet on the turn with five left and seven hundred fifty thousand euros up for grabs. There's and and like what hands is he bluffing with? Well, it he might, has the perfect bluffing. It might hand. literally be just this hand. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's doing it with some other random jacks too once in a maybe. while. Maybe, but. All we know as the poker guys is that he did it with the hand with the jack and the seven in it. Like, like the hand that demands to make this play. Right. If you if have any, if you have any bluffs here, this is the hand to have a bluff. with. Right. You know? Right. And, it, and like everything like lines up perfectly where you're like, oh, Jack, uh, whatever Jackson eights may not be good anymore. Um, it's unclear where I am just calling. Maybe we're going to have a three way river and I'm almost never good. Yeah. Um, lots of bad cards can come and beat me anyway. I can just make this play right now with the perfect bluffing hand and the perfect blockers. Right. Like, so, it, so that makes all the I sense. Think, I think Paiva should just fold. Like it is entirely possible despite Sechi being clearly a super sick player. This might be one of the like five bluffing combos he yeah. has in his entire range. Yeah. And if that's the case, King eight is not good enough to continue. We don't even block hearts. Um, yeah, it sucks to not even block hearts here. Yeah, it's true. If we had the king of hearts in our hand, that that's would a big really difference different. because we could talk ourselves into, well, that removes the second nut flush, which maybe Sechi would play like this. Maybe. I yeah. mean, probably if Sechi has full houses or nothing, though, but we block that too. Then we're yeah. at least blocking all this, a lot right. of stuff. We're blocking more things. Um, I agree. I think this is just a fold because we play this hand so bad, we sort of get what we deserve. Uh, you know, like we, we should have really shouldn't have raised the turn. That's the big. We don't problem. like any of the decisions so far that Pive has made. Though preflop, we nope. think you should be raising on the flop. We think you should be betting, and here we think you should be just be calling. Yeah. And I think if he makes any of those decisions at any point, he's probably going to be in really good shape to win this hand. Come the river. Yep. Right. Because what's going to happen is live shits will never be in this hand. If we raise preflop, maybe we just win anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but no matter what, like it's going to be way easier to like win this pot if we're just heads up against. Um, the other guy, Sechi, uh, you know, at any point. So betting the flop, we're then going to be heads up against Sechi the rest of the way. It's going to be really easy to win this hand. Yes. Sechi's not going to feel any need to bluff, I don't think. Most likely not. Like, right. And even if he does, he's going to have to make some, like, crazy Stephen Chidwick check-raise type bluff to get us to fold. Like, if he just takes a shot at some point, we're probably calling with our trip eights. Right. So it's... it's so, so, but, like, now we're sort of set up to be in a lot of trouble unless we're going to hero the hell out of this, which is not unreasonable, but I agree with you. I think the better play is just a fold. Yeah, just let it go, man. This guy owned us. It's fine. Right. We didn't. We still haven't put in that many chips. Right. Put in like 12 blinds. It's fine. Yeah. It's not ideal, but it's fine. It's actually less than 12 blinds. We put in 10 blinds. Even better. Yeah. All right. Five of calls. Okay. It's not horrific, though. This is an awful, at least. You know, he's it's got not, outs. The call is much better than the raise. Of the oh, Paiva yeah, yeah, yeah. plays on the turn. Absolutely. Like, we, at least we block full houses and we have outs against some of the flushes that, that Sechi might have and some of the full houses that he has we have outs against. Can, can we play? Let's just take one more second on this decision for Paiva. I understand with Sechi, we feel like this is a pretty straightforward fold for us. Like, we think we probably just have to fold this hand. Let's pretend it's Stephen Chidwick in the small blind instead and everything else is the same. Somehow we played this the way Paiva played it and we're here on I, the... We, no. we raised the turn and here we are. No. What? Fold. Just fold anyway? Yeah. I don't care who it is. This is an incredibly strong play. It is incredibly Nobody strong. Nobody does this all the time. 
I mean, Stephen Chidwick does stuff like this a lot. If he's got blockers, he's always pulling the trigger, Stephen Chidwick. 100% of the time, basically. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if Sechi is, but Chidwick is. I, I, I can't justify okay, it. Okay, so you think you're falling even to Chidwick? If, if you catapult me into Piva's seat I after do. he raises the turn. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think I'm folding. Okay. I, I, sweet, now I get to play hands in a normal way in the future with these chips. Great. <laughs> no, 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 you're going to lose. You're going to be teleported right back out. Oh. Back to your... Back to the dungeon where they're torturing you. <laughs> so what does it matter anyway? I'm just living in a dungeon and sometimes I get vaulted into a bad poker situation. Yeah, and, and then, then you, <laughs> can either, you can either be like, I fold and you have to go right back or you can you know, tank as long as possible and get to not be tortured. Oh, then I tank. You, no, you chose. You already chose. Sorry, sucker. Oh, obviously, I tank, call, tank, call. In that scenario, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way to play But it. if you lose the hand, they, they, um, they kill your family. Uh, if you lose more chips than, than this guy lost you, they kill your family. <laughs> and if you win more chips... Um, you get like a candy bar. <laughs> oh, what kind? Well, your choice. Any candy bar? Well, I mean, within reason. Can I get a whatchamacallit? Yeah. Do What's, they still make those? I don't know. If they make it, you can get it if it's easy. If it's, in the, like, if it's at the local grocery store, The dungeon store, you can doesn't have, it. have old candy? They don't have whatchamacallits? They, they, they already killed all the old candy. Okay, fine. They tortured it to death. I don't like this scenario. It doesn't seem like a very good scenario for me. No, no, no. It's very, very bad for you. And in fact, there's probably some listeners are thinking like, well, what's the backstory on that scenario? Oh, and we'll tell you next time on The Breakdown. <laughs> okay, yeah. Part be- two. No. I mean, we'll never bring it up again, obviously. No, we're not going to remember that happened. I don't remember that it happened now. What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, okay, I, we pretend the Stephen Chidwick thing. I think if it's Chidwick, I at least... And I'm going to lean more towards the call. You know, I never want to fold any strong hand against a guy like that ever. Um, but, but that is the most extreme example I can come up with, too. Like, Chidwick is the guy of all the guys, right? Yeah. He's going to be, like, the, the most bluffs there probably of anyone, right? Um, who isn't just a, a complete maniac, and then it's an easy call. Right. But we would never, I mean, obviously, we never would have played this hand this way. No. So it's, it's sort of an artificial spot anyway. All right, whatever. Let's not talk about that anymore. Let's get to Piva calls. Despite everything we've said, Piva has 95% equity heading to the river. This is an incredible spot. He's got a dodge two jacks. It's a huge pot. Incredible spot. The problem is, what's the, what's the stack to pot ratio here? Uh, there's going to be 4.875 million. Piva's got 3.8 million. Wow. So, I mean, this is the question, right? Are we going to be prepared to call off if, if we get shoved on? Right? I mean, we have to be prepared to do that if we're going to call the turn on some cards. Sometimes, you know, you, got, you want to have some hands that you can call the turn with and fold the river. Is this one of them? No, probably not, right? Like, this is, like there's other hands that are like... Ace-Jack with the Ace of Hearts. That's a, that one makes a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Here we are. 4.875 million in the pot. The river is the Ace of Clubs. Interesting card. It's now Seven of Hearts, Eight of Hearts, Eight of Diamonds, Jack of Hearts, Ace of Clubs. Sechi is left with Jack Seven, so just like pretty garbage hand on this board at this point oh now you th- now you you there's no way you're ever winning there's yeah. almost zero percent yeah if you were win. winning on the turn it right. was because piva had the ace of hearts right now you lose to that because the eights are paired right you can't beat anything yeah literally zero zero hands that you beat it feels like it um all right piva doesn't see probably doesn't care about this ace he should not care about the ace at all yeah one way or the other ace eight never puts in a three bet ace ace never puts in a three bet this ace doesn't matter to him. ace eight already had us beat yeah anyway so there's just nothing to be afraid of with that ace. That ace is a break. So it doesn't change the board at all from Piva's perspective. But from Sechi's perspective, from Sechi's perspective he could have been could've, ahead. He could have been ahead and now he's behind. If, I think if it's like the deuce of clubs, it's possible Sechi checks thinking like, well, I beat the ace of hearts here and I can even give him a chance to, I can bluff catch with it. I don't, you know, it's possible. Maybe, maybe. I don't know what he does, but it's not unreasonable for him to decide just to check there too. Yeah. 
depending on what he thinks of his opponent, what, what he can show up with. But anyway, but now he can't beat anything, like you said. Yep. So do you think it's a good time for Sechi to go for it once he's called, even though he made this incredibly strong play on the turn and got called, do you think he should still go for it and follow through with another bluff on the river? I think probably he should. This also comes back to what we know about Paiva a little bit, right? Yeah. If Paiva's the kind of guy who's going to three-bet all in or four-bet all in on the turn with some of his strongest hands, you know, if he, like, yeah. we can actually eliminate some of those. I think, I think you not, can... Not quads, maybe, but other stuff. Yeah. I mean, he might be afraid to lose his customer with Jack-Jack and hands like that. Yeah, what, he, what he's got nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. Okay, there's a few hands like that, but, like, if he has... Yeah, and actually, almost everything else is too weak to yeah. four-bet all in anyway. So maybe, maybe he does... Okay. So there's a few hands that we're just getting trapped by here, and we're just going to get... Sla- like, we're gonna, if we were to shove, we're going to get insta-called, right? Yep. Jack-Jack, 8-8, eight, eight, seven, seven, eight's not going to insta-call us, but we assume it's going to call us. We think, think, probably. I think we should assume it's going to call us. Yeah. It'd be crazy to think we're going to fold that out. The great thing, though, is that we block all of those things, and we're not putting them on ace-ace, which is like the... Uh, right. And we're not putting him on ace eight either because we probably don't put him on just a lone eight very often. It seems weird for him to have ace eight, ace ace with the ace of hearts. I guess it's not completely impossible, but it seems pretty unlikely. Here's the deal for Sechi, though. I think at this point, it, we reasonably have to be putting Paiva on a straight or a flush. I yeah. think those are his most likely holdings when he calls. Yeah, and once in a while the ace of hearts. Yeah, because like, why would he check an eight and raise an eight on the turn? It makes. I mean, it's a little bit strange still to check a straight draw or flush draw and then raise that on the turn, but that makes more sense than an eight. At least. Yes, it does. This is what the ace of hearts makes the most sense though, right? He checks yeah. back the flop with like, I don't really have anything going on. And then he picks up the nut flush draw and tries to win there. And then I don't know if he's really calling with the nut flush draw the one we three bet. I'm not sure if he actually is, uh, you know, like it may just like, I could see him just being like, this is not worth putting in more chips and the board's already paired. Like forget it. Maybe here's the other thing, by the way, that we haven't talked about for a while in this podcast, which makes me like a shove even more. And it's that Paiva has no results. Yeah. So this money, we have to assume, is Sechi's won a lot. Sechi, you know, Sechi's comfortable in these, right. these stakes and is okay, like, blowing things up. I assume Paiva's going to call extra tight here on the river. We, like, even if he has a straight and decided he had to call the turn. I mean, a straight is probably folding the river. I think it is. Yeah. Um, I think most flushes are folding. Maybe we're folding out all flushes on yeah. the river. Maybe, like, it's one of those things where we can actually fold out his entire range that isn't the super strong trapping right. range. If you have, Everything else has If you have the fold. nut flush even as Paiva, and like maybe you can talk yourself into Sechi three bet the king high flush on the turn, but is he really shoving the river once we call with the king high flush? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a fair question. I don't, I don't know what Paiva's doing in that spot, but it's possible with the money, the extra money pressure that he's just going to find a fold. Ultimately. Yeah. It's like there's 750,000 euros more to win. I've never won anything close to this in my life. Like I've done well, but that is really going to change things yeah. you know, in my life. Like, I mean, what you and I both know this from playing in tournaments where, you know, first place is, you know, millions of, or actually millions of dollars as well as a million dollars and, you know, half a million dollars and stuff like that. People, even when you just get to the bubble, forget about the final table, the bubble on a $1,500 event where like, you know, the min cash is like 2,500 or whatever. Yeah. There are a number of guys, the guys who don't have results mostly. This makes sense, yeah. right? Who just fold everything and, you know, fold way, way, insane amounts of hands no matter what and aren't interested in doing anything but hitting that min cash. So now, and, and basically then the rest of the tournament is an exercise in them like trying to ladder up, which, you know, is a problem when in these bigger tournaments. Yes. Um, so man, oh man, like you get a guy like that at, in this spot, like what can they possibly call you with? They want to call you with the nuts. That's all they want to call you with. Mostly. Yeah. So... 
okay, we block, we block some very strong hands here, like Jack Jack and seven seven. And seven eight and seven eight and jack eight. Yeah. So ace ace, I guess with the ace of hearts sometimes, and eight eight. Yeah. And, and maybe a little bit of seven eight and jack eight. That's it, right? I guess a little bit of jack jack and seven seven, but like even less of that stuff because of the pre-flop play. And it just feels like super straightforward. We still have the best blockers available. So we yeah. should we should go for it, I think. Also, we really want to fold out the naked ace of hearts. Yes, which, we do. Which it would really suck uh, to go check check and he just has like ace. Ace four with the ace of hearts. Right. I mean, that would be such a disaster where we can always get that hand to fold. Yeah. Um, and that hand makes a lot of sense as long as it's calling the three bet on the turn, which I don't know if it is. Yeah. But the rest of the, rest of the way the hand played out makes a lot of sense with it. Maybe the most sense. Except like seven, eight or something like that. Yeah. Seven, eight suited. Um, so I like, I like pulling the trigger. There's, there's, there's more of the ace of hearts than the seven, eight suited when you think about us having a seven or a hand too. Yep. Yep. So he does. And I think it's a good play. Me too. 3.81 million into 4.875 million is Piva's stack. All right, Piva, welcome to what you've wrought. Look mm-hmm. at what you've done. Yep. How do you make this decision? Okay. We're going to do this, of course, as an as played because we're yes. here. Yes. We, we, we wouldn't have made, I think, any of the decisions that Piva's made so far, but Probably we're not. here now. So, so be it. Okay. We have to ask ourselves a few questions. I think question number one is, okay, what hands do we want to be calling with and what hands do we want to be folding that make it here, right? Right. Okay, the naked ace of hearts is probably, like, probably the worst hand we make it here with. Right, if we'd make it here with. If we even that, get here with yeah. it. Um, so that makes that a pretty good candidate to fold. Yes. Even though it blocks the nut flush. As we've said, we don't feel like uh, Sechi's even really repping a flush here. We feel no. like he's really clearly repping full houses. At this point, maybe on the turn he was repping flushes, right. but at this point it feels like full houses. Like if he had a straight, he's never betting the river. If he has no. a flush, again, maybe the nut flush, he could decide to bet it. That feels he like might not only... go all in, though, with those hands. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Because how does he get called? Right. He could have the nut flush and hope to get called by a slightly worse flush, but he might bet a lot less just to guarantee. Bet a million and yeah. get called like every time, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so... Okay, so having said all that, then, what hands do we want to call with? What hands do we want to fold? Okay, hands that have significant blockers would be hands we'd want to call with on a brick like this, right? Yep. So what's a, what are hands with significant blockers? What, what are significant blockers in this spot is the question. An eight is the ultimate blocker. Yes. And the best hands are eight, nine, and eight. Uh, well, I don't know. Never mind. I'm changing my tune on that because Sechi's not shoving a straight, so forget that. Yeah, um, eight with a big heart would be cool. Eight with a big heart would be the best hands. Yeah, obviously ace eight, which would be the best blocker, best. is also the best hand. Yeah, almost not, always. We're not. We're always right. That, so that's not, so. It'd be king eight with the king of hearts is like your dream calling. Right. Although right. I think the king of hearts doesn't matter that much at it's, this point. Like such, like we said, probably doesn't really have flushes at this I, point. I agree, but if you know, still, if we had to pick, if we had to pick, we'd like to have the heart, but it's like a tiny, tiny extra value versus yeah. the hand we actually have. Yeah, and and to be clear, that means like we're calling, of course, with all full houses. Like that's part of the assumption here. Is we're already calling with all full houses. Then what, after that, though, what are the good blockers? Having two hearts in your hand is a flush, and you block flushes. Yeah, is that enough? No. It doesn't seem like that's a good hand. I would much rather have this hand than the nut flush. Me too. This is a better hand to call with than the nut flush. No question about it. Because Because we we block all of the full houses that are in his range. He doesn't really have any pocket pair full houses, most likely because of preflop. Is it enough to call with this hand? Do we have enough? Well, it depends on our opponent, right? Like, if Sechi's a guy who's never bluffing on the turn, we shouldn't be here in the first place. Right. We should have been out on the turn once we made the race. Well said. But if somehow we accidentally called, and he's... Darvin Moon or whoever never bluffs the turn, right? 
Like, and certainly never shoving the river right. as a bluff. Yeah. Then we should just fold. Then we should just fold. We're like, well, that sucks. We're folding. Right. But if it's a guy who has nuance to his game, and I think Sechi might, yeah. then we have to make a distribution-based decision here. The right? fact that he's the all-time money winner in Hungary alone is enough. Now, also, also seeing him play gives right. us a lot more data. But it feels, I agree with you. Like, we call the turn because we think we're a, we, we can't just call the turn to spike something the pot odds aren't good enough. No. Like at all. We're getting three to one. We need way more than that. You know, we spike the board pairs, forgetting about like a good board pairing, because like a jack board pairing isn't even a good card for us, both in reality and also in, by our perception of it. Right. right? Um, so like we're, we're less than 20% for that board, for the board to pair. You know, we don't have that many cards that can come. I mean, it's not great. So where does this fit in our distribution calling yeah. wise? Because okay. we've got all of the full houses. Yep. Which is. How many really? I don't know. It's not, we played it weird if we have a full house. Right. I don't think we have almost any Jack Jack. I don't think no. we have almost any 7-7. Seven, seven. I, I, mean, I don't think we have that much. I don't think we have much 8-8 eight, eight either. Maybe no. zero. I right. think we're raising our pocket pairs. On, uh, so our more likely hands are Jack 8 and 7-8. Right. Like, and Jack 8 less likely, although maybe as Piva we know we would have it, but you wouldn't expect it in general um, because he'd check the flop. 7-8, more likely to check the flop right. because it's so nutted. And I blocks agree. Everything. I agree. But maybe we can have both of those yeah. fully. Maybe. Okay, but then after that, this is the next best one, right? Yeah, I think the king eight is the next best one because you'd rather have king eight than the straight draw blocker plus eight because Sechi never has a straight. And just in case Sechi is getting super sick and is turning an eight into a bluff, Mm. he's got like eight three or eight deuce, having king eight is is important versus having a weaker eight. Would you rather have a weaker eight with a heart in your hand or king eight without a heart? King eight without a heart. I think so because of what you just said. Right? Yeah, because it actually plays. It's eight 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 king ace, so it's important to have the like the king plays right. Right now, Sechi never doing this with a slightly worse eight. We don't think. Probably not. He's probably just calling the turn. Hard to imagine him shoving the river. But if he's getting super sick because he's like, well, right. I don't want to be in the spot where like I have to lose sometimes against a slightly better eight or against a straight or a flush, which I can actually fold out because I have all the full house blockers with an eight too. You know. Like, just in case he's getting super sick, I would like to have king eight or queen eight. You know, that's but important. Because, because Sechi just doesn't have really right. flushes any. The rest of the eights are... So the hearts don't matter that much. Any I eight, agree with you. Any eight below queen eight is a yeah. equal drop down below those because right. they don't play. And then you'd rather have hearts after that, right? You have bad yeah. eights. With, you'd rather have a heart there, even though it's unlikely for hearts to be there. So right. you'd rather block the flush there. Right. Sure. Um, but basically, any eight is better to, to call with than any flush. I think you're right. Because our opponent is not representing a flush. Right. At all. So I think this probably ends up being a call distribution wise because it is the best eight that we have. Even though we have full houses we can call with easily. Like I think we need to have more that we can call with because we have some straights and flushes that we can fold. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also we probably do have the naked ace of hearts knowing us. Right. Watching the way we've played this hand. We probably do have it. And just in case anybody's confused a little bit because we kind of jumped right into it's better to call with an eight than a flush or a straight. It's simply because of the blocker situation we've been referring to this whole time, right? Like blocking the full house is very important in this case. The value of a flush and the value of an eight are very similar against Sechi's range. So the blocker is more important. It's not always true that um, someone's hand is defined enough where you can say like, oh, I'd rather have trips than a flush here. Yeah. But in this case, with the three bet on the turn and uh, on this board and then shoving the river, it just feels like, not flush or nothing, and even not flush, I just don't know he's going to play Right, like you this. touched on something important there. This is not something you can apply to all paired boards that also have three to a flush on them, yeah. right? Like, it, there are lots of scenarios where Paiva might be betting the four or five of hearts on the river for value, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's better to have a flush in most cases than it is to have an eight. 
But when he three bets the turn, that's not the case. It feels like it's just almost never the case. Right. Right. Uh, and maybe we're wrong about that. Maybe he can have the nut flush. Uh, but guess what? That doesn't help us anyway, because we'd be call- we're saying, cool, we'll call with all our flushes. Right, when we still lose to flush that. Too, like, that doesn't help us, right? So, so it doesn't even save us. Anything. It doesn't actually make any difference at it, all. It just puts in another hand that we're going to lose with when yeah. we call, right? So we'd rather block the full house. So I think here. we're supposed to call once we're here. I think once we're here and that ace comes off, we're supposed to call. He folds. Yeah. Which, you know, I can't really blame him. If somehow I was vaulted into the seat and I didn't have much time to think about it, I'd probably fold too. Yeah. Yeah, but we probably should have folded to the three bet on the turn. We probably shouldn't have raised the turn. We probably should have bet the flop. We should have probably raised preflop well, this, or folded or folded preflop. This hand knocks knocks Piva down twenty two blinds, which is a big deal. Yeah, and then he ends up going out next in the tournament. It, this is sort of the way it goes so often. Do you make this like stack quote saving fold on the river and incorrectly, and then you're out in that place anyway. Like if you're he, trying to like wow. save yourself and, and you know, so you can ladder up and then you go out in that place because you've hurt yourself so badly. The difference between folding and calling is 38 blinds folding and 120 blinds calling. I mean, wow. Yeah. Like what's his, what's his uh, EV if he freaking? oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a different situation. Wow. Cool hand. Cool hand. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic And I can show every single MC how it's done right Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not We got one life And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the crown And gonna be traveling the globe and still have time to